Welcome to Careers in Your Ears, the careers podcast for PhD students and research staff at King's College London. I'm Donald Lush. I'm one of the careers consultant team working with researchers here at King's. Our theme for this episode is resilience, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Shelley Ann Gajadar, a PhD researcher in the business school at King's and a business owner. So welcome, Shelley. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Donald. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, can we start just by hearing a little bit about your, your journey to where you are now? So a little bit of your career history. All right. So I would say to the audience that my career history is definitely coloured and varied and it's not a straight trajectory. Um, so I started off firstly as a criminal prosecutor in my home country of Trinidad and Tobago. And I did law for three and a half years, criminal prosecuting murders predominantly. I always had a dream of being an attorney and, and wanting to create some law and order to a lot of the disorder that I saw growing up in the Caribbean. And I was really thrilled when I was able to get into criminal prosecution. But then working for three and a half years in the system, I felt as though there was something more that I wanted to do. There was something missing. And I always had a very keen interest for getting into business. So because I had law experience and I was trying to pierce the business uh, environment, I thought the easiest way to do that would be to further my education. So I did a master's in international business and emerging markets at the University of Edinburgh Business School. And that went really well, surprisingly. Um, I was able to publish my thesis on technology transfer and graduate with a distinction. And I think that made me realize that I like research. I really enjoy research. And I decided to further that. Um, so furthering that, I went and applied. And now I'm finally writing up my PhD at King's Business School. And I recently launched a career and education consultancy two years ago called Alpha Suit. Fantastic. So, um, you know, you're very busy. I mean, I, I know we've known each other for um, three or more years now, and I, I know how busy you are. And um, what's it like dealing with all of that change, um, taking on all those new things, all those responsibilities? And um, how has that been for you personally? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a double edged sword, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, on the one hand, I think it's been an interesting journey of exploration. And it's because I felt that I wanted to live a life of abundance and a life that was very geared towards um, purpose and being in alignment with, you know, what I came on this earth to do. So there was a lot of troubleshooting, a lot of going into unfamiliar spaces. And of course, that does require a level of bravery, but also resilience, because you're not always going to get a yes. Uh, and I think coupled with that, it was also a feeling of fulfillment. So on the one hand, you have exploration and then on the other hand, you have fulfillment and just feeling very confident about where I was directing my career and directing my life. Um, and I would I, when I think about, you know, just the entire journey, it's really is one of backpacking. I feel like I backpack with my career um, and I, you know, I don't I don't want to fit into spaces. I want to just allow my skills and allow my passions to really be the map, the roadmap for where is next for me. Fantastic. Yes, our, our head of the career service at King's talks a lot about backpacks and what you've got in them as a careers metaphor. It's one I really like. And um, what, what's been, um, you know, in all that change, what's been mm -hmm. the best thing about that experience? The best thing about the experience is tapping into 
my strengths and also confronting my weaknesses. Um, I think that that has been the most joy for me because a lot of times we, we think that we are very good at something, but when we're put into a different context, we realize that, oh, I might need a bit of sharpening here. And I, I think for me, the joy really comes in me feeling like I'm doing something really well, but also seeing the the amount of improvement that I can also make and the networking and the, the community that is offered in, in trying to develop yourself. So I think it was a lot of the self-realization and the self-actualization as well. Um, I'm a huge fan and proponent of professional development and personal development. Um, and for me, that has that aspect of career transitioning and, and changing constantly is the most joy for me fantastic so um I mean that sounds like you're never going to stop because no. it, this is what it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. that's I mean that's that's great I mean you know we, we've talked a lot about how careers are are permanent states of change you know you you always have to be able to have a an approach to it and so I guess the other side of, of that question is you know is there anything you've really struggled with so I'm I'm thinking particularly um, of your YouTube channel and you posted some thoughts um, about both COVID-19, what's going on at the moment, and the Black Lives Matter um, movement, or anything else that's been a bit of a challenge for you? Yeah, so I, I think the challenge came, the challenges came both personally and professionally. I would start mm. personally. I mean, the challenge for me personally was really being able to announce and tell a new story. Because, of okay. course, we tie our identities to our professions mm. and I was known as Shelly the prosecutor and when I decided to remove that veil um, and wear a different outfit professional outfit it became very hard to you know introduce myself and to stick up for my dreams and stick up for what it is I wanted so there was a lot of having to speak my truth to friends and family about you know I no longer want to do law um, I think another challenge that I had which I was actually very naive to uh, being a Caribbean girl and then moving into a big city like London, I was very naive to diversity and inclusion, simply because where I come from, diversity and inclusion is seen, heard and felt. But coming to London, I realized that it was not as prevalent as I hoped. Um, I remembered walking into King's Business School and recognizing that there was just no one that looked like me. Mm. Uh, I was the only uh, black doctoral student, female, um, not even a male uh, student as well. And I also realized that there was one lecturer in the business school and at that time he was transitioning out of the business school. And it was really just searching for people that looked like me. It was a needle in a haystack. When I spoke, I knew that I did not sound like that, like, you know, everyone that's here. And it was a, it was really about finding my space and being able to be seen and heard. So that was a challenge for me. I did feel different. Um, and another challenge as well is being taken seriously. Mm. Uh, for me, I I am 33 years old, but I am very active on social media. Um, I used to model before. Um, and, you know, beauty and brains is what I would say. And as a young woman, that comes with its own challenges, um, especially when you operate in a male-dominated system. Uh, and I felt that 
constantly I had to over-represent myself. I had to over-represent my education, over-represent my experience just to be taken seriously. And actually, whilst it was a challenge, um, it's something that really has really helped me in terms of being able to take up space. Um, I'm no longer offended when people don't take me seriously um, just by looking at me. Um, I, I see it as an opportunity and I've actually taken it on as part of my narrative now. So it has built up my confidence. I know that it can, it, some, in, in some instances, it's, it doesn't do that for people. Um, but I do feel that as somebody that belongs to the minority group, it is really important for us to tell a different story and to really build and create our future and change our narrative. Great, thank you. And and just to kind of finish that that point off, I mean, you, you say on your vlog that you think um, as far as the Black Lives Matter issue is concerned, you, you feel like we've reached a moment of truth? Yes, indeed, yes. Um, you know, and a lot of people are talking about 2020 being such a trying year, and indeed it is a trying year from yeah. COVID-19 to uh, the injustices uh, of police brutality that were globally visualized um, via social media that's happening in America. And also, you know, the the, the very wavering uh, friendships uh, that we have been experiencing, especially being in isolation during this time. And a lot of things are coming to the fore. Um, and I do feel that this is an opportunity for us to tell our truth. Um, race is something that has always been swept under the carpet and, you know, it's almost not traversed conversationally uh, within the British system. Um, and I think that what was really beautiful about this time is so many people started to speak up. It was very similar to the Me Too movement. Um, and I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement was actually an opportunity for people to start to tell their stories and start to really speak up and tell their truth. And um, it has been really beautiful to witness. And I, I do hope that for this year, you know, we get really clear and intentional about what works for us and what doesn't. If working working home works for you, great. And being able to tell your boss that when you go back to work and, and see how best that, that can be integrated. But it's um it's really about us living life as abundantly as we possibly can. And I think these six months of 2020 has really challenged us to do that. that that's great. Because I think we've heard, you know, we're very aware of the horrible negative side. You know, people have died and, and been ill and suffered. But it's an opportunity as well. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And um, let, let's turn a bit to the um, the institution we both belong to. Um, so we hear a lot about resilience and um, in and well-being in universities. And, and my impression is that often that's placed on the individual. So we're you know we're offered well-being help and advice. Um, but do you think the organisation has a responsibility? And what should they be doing to help people stay happy and confident? Yeah, so I, I absolutely think that the organizations and institutions have a responsibility um, because, you know, the inhabitants and really the, the engine behind the organizations are people. And, and it's about responding to, to people's needs. I think, you know, what has happened, particularly in the U.S., we see health and wellness programs in higher education being a really big thing. But actually, a recent study showed that Health and wellness programs, whilst it's great to have it in organizations, the perceptions of it amongst workers is one that does not provide efficacy. So on the one hand, you have persons that are actually enrolled into these programs, but not actually using it, right? And it's tied into the fact of you working in an institution and not wanting to be judged. And I think that there is a level of stigma attached to these programs as well. Because whilst we're saying, yes, it's offered, 
you know, there are also eyes that are looking to see who's in attendance. Um, so it's really about thinking about the stigma that is attached around it and not making it such a messy or um, such a taboo thing. Now, if we think about you know, the population of universities, it is persons that are very target oriented. Researchers are very target oriented. Academics are very much focused on um, impact and, and being able to celebrate their work. And what might be useful, I think, in terms of programs that can be offered is not just saying, oh, we have a group that you can go to and get some therapy from, or, oh, you know, we have a community service program, or, oh, we have a coupon that you can get a reduction on. I think it's much more around letting people tell their stories in a very impactful way. Um, so, for instance, being part of a group that is doing philanthropic work in this space, wh whether it be mental health and, and the academic or the persons that belong to the institution actually having an, an opportunity to do something that celebrates this as well. So on the one hand, you can, you can you can tell your truth, which is, you know, I may have mental health problems, but on the other hand, you, you know, when you're explaining it, it's in the context of something that celeb, um, you're celebrating. Um, and I think that we have to think about how can we reduce this stigma and make it something that is worth celebrating and not ostracizing. Um, because I think what we're doing is just a checklist um, and that may not be the appropriate route. And it tells a lot for, for why it, these programs have not really achieved efficacy. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I, I think um, uh, somebody I heard speak once about this said it's, it's that phrase that goes around at the moment. It's about people being seen. It's about acknowledging the, the diversity and the, everything that everyone brings to it and working with that um, on, on a much bigger level. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Okay, so final question. Um, so we've worked together both as colleagues because you've worked in the career service with us um, and we've worked on your career plan since you joined us at King's. Um, I've always been amazed by how uh, how much you get done um, <laughs> and how positive you always are. Um, so a couple of top tips for kind of th that kind of uh, that kind of ability to deal with so much coming at you all the time. Yeah, so I think one of the things that has really helped me in being able to juggle the many things that I do is having a very clear theme about my career. Um, and I remember, Donald, when you and I had a conversation, you know, we talked about these themes being research, it's being around teaching and education, and also around career building. And because when, once I've identified, you know, what are these pillars of my career theme, that I'm trying to achieve, prospective opportunities that come my way are really passed through that filter. So if it is an opportunity comes that does not fall into any of those categories, it's something that I actually don't take. And I, I want to stress for the listeners that not every opportunity is an opportunity worth taking. Um, you know, we live in an, a world of opportunity. We're going to constantly be bombarded with opportunity and burnout comes because we take, you know, everything is an opportunity. So we take it. Uh, but I think we also have to be a gatekeeper of our time and our energy. And another thing as well, uh, in terms of me being able to do so much is and, and having a positive attitude with it is ensuring that whatever I dedicate myself to, 
I can give my all to it. And when I say give my all, I'm not meaning give all of my time, but give all of my passion, give all of my enthusiasm to it, give all of my um, attention so that I can drive it and that I can produce great results. Um, a lot of times, you know, we end up taking things that we can't, we, we just are not enthused by and then the results show that. Um, so for me, it really is about, do, am I in love with it? Am I in love with it? And then once I'm in love with it, uh, I take it on. And the final thing that I would say uh, about being able to juggle a lot is having downtime. You know, we, we really promote a culture of great work ethic, but I think we should also promote a great culture of rest ethic as well. Um, so for me, it's it's demarcating days within the week that I absolutely do nothing. Sometimes just stretching on my yoga mat for 15 minutes helps, um, but really thriving in that work ethic, work and rest ethic environment and, and fostering that throughout the days. Fabulous. Thank you. So that those are all my questions. So thank you so much for joining us. I, I've, I'm okay. really inspired by what you said. I feel like I've got about 10 times more energy than I did an hour ago. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. That's great. Um, so thanks so much. And to everyone, please join us again next time on Careers in Your Ears when we'll be continuing our exploration of um, researchers' careers.